0: This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five, twelve-eighty, The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on what continues to go right for the Utah Jazz, but we'll ask him about what's going on around the rest of the league as well. We'll ask him about the Bucks. I'm I i I'm excited to get my eyeballs on the Milwaukee Bucks in person uh, coming up on, on Friday night, Gordo.
2: Yeah. Uh, how many games uh, have they won a bunch in a row now?
1: Yeah, That's they've uh, they've played a lot better. I can uh, I can bring that up here in a second, but yeah, uh, yeah they've played better basketball. I mean, you know, you've got uh, two all stars like Giannis and Middleton, and they've got a nice surrounding crew. You know, they were going to be formidable to say the least. I don't know if they're my favorite in the Eastern Conference uh, this year, but you knew they were going to be good.
2: They lost their last game, but they're seven and three over yeah. their last ten. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they have so, played uh, they've sixteen played well. and
2: nine, uh, and second behind the. Sixers, so yeah, you said it right to begin the show, Jake. The Bucks and the Sixers, uh, yeah. The Jazz are are uh, measuring themselves right now, seeing how they're stacking up.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Devin Booker's comments that he knew they had won the minute uh, Giannis pulled up for a jump shot. (laughs) That was interesting that he would he would make that public.
2: I'm not sure. You know, it's just like we we do pick at every player. We find whatever it is that they don't have, and, uh, and I mean, Giannis is such a great player. But if he could hit the outside shot consistently, what would he be then?
1: Oh, he'd be the best ever. We've we've yeah. we've talked about that for a while now, and he's working on it. I mean, he's a much better shooter than he was when he got to the league. He's just not quite. There, where he's unstoppable. But if that happens, the word unstoppable is what comes to mind, right?
2: Well, it's interesting looking at them because they're nine and two at home and they're seven and seven on the road. And when I, I've always thought road wins mean something for a team. You look at the Jazz, ten and two at home and ten and three uh, on the road. I, I know it's a little different this year, but still, I, I think it shows some fortitude.
1: All right, well, let's get to it. Let's uh, talk to our friend Sam. Lloyd, hit it.
0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Sam, happy Thursday. How you doing?
3: Good, guys. Happy Thursday to you. I'm hanging in there. Thanks for having hey, me as always.
2: Sam, have you gotten that PlayStation for the boys yet?
3: <laughs> I do have an update. Uh, I'm a little lighter in the pocket these days. <laughs> so I, I did get it, although I shouldn't take credit for it. Um, I did not get it through my Conley, so that didn't happen, but um, I got a nephew who had more stamina for, you know, the online PlayStation chasing game than I did, and uh, and he secured it for me. So we have Venmoed my uh, my beloved nephew the money, and uh, and we're going to be having a, a an exchange in about five or six days, where it's a great excuse to go see a relative, you know, outside from distance and and, and swap a. Uh, and would swap, but go, go get my hands on the technology. So we do have one coming.
1: So you're very so, popular in your house these days, then.
3: <laughs> I hope he's trustable. Yeah, man. We uh, we went through, that's a good point, Gordon. I mean, he's an anarchist, so you can only uh, <laughs> trust him so much. He um, he. It's funny. We went through this whole pandemic trying to find ways to just kind of pass the time and help the kids get through it. And, when well, it rains, it pours in a good way, I guess. We, we got PlayStations coming. We, have, we even have a puppy coming, which is a whole different kind oh. of entertainment. Oh. So we're, we're on fire lately. There you go.
1: Well, Sam, wanna want to talk to you about the Jazz. Start off, we have lots of stuff for you today, of course, but I noticed you kind of put your Rudy interview out there again uh, the other night when uh, the Jazz were on TNT, just kind of reminding everybody, hey, this team is is good, and here's Rudy talking about it. It's it's interesting watching everybody kind of come around on this Jazz team and wake up to, to the fact that they might be a, a factor in all of this.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, they look fantastic, and the body of work – You know, is enough now that what I found interesting is that they're starting to to have some of these little historical tidbits that are that are kind of indisputable in terms of at least telling you that for this part of the season, and I know it's a a very different season, but that what they are doing is you know is is exceedingly rare. If you talk about you know just really good teams, I saw a stat the other day about the number of double-digit wins at this point in the year. Um, and I think it was like the 71, 72 bucks, where the only other team that had this many uh, double-digit wins by this point—that's uh, pretty hard to believe. So they're dominant, and they—it's also funny and a good problem to have when there's like a really robust discussion uh, about, you know, who the Jazz's MVP is. You know what I mean? People can't even agree on that. You know, you have my colleague. John Hollinger, who's obviously one of the kind of the uh, the godfathers of analytics, you know, wrote the other day. I don't know if you guys saw this, but you know, mean, he was putting Rudy's name in the MVP discussion and talking about you know all the different things that that don't show up on the raw stats. He's obviously only averaging about 13 points a game, but it was a, a pretty compelling case for why Rudy is at minimum the Jazz MVP. But then you look at what. You know, Donovan's doing on certain nights, and Mike Conley, what he's doing, uh, all the way down the line. So um, they're just playing fantastic ball.
2: What's What's really interesting about this team, Sam, as far as what we're seeing from them, is that you see an unselfish team. You see a team that, that uh, we heard Quinn Snyder say earlier that every one of them has given each other permission to shoot when they have a good shot so there's no hesitancy there's no goofing around with that sort of thing no double clutching and then you see the leadership that's being demonstrated by Rudy Gobert like you said and Donovan Mitchell that other night against Boston I mean Donovan just took over that game and it seems like he senses what his team needs and so they have this joint thing going on where everybody feels like they're a part of the action but there are a couple of leaders who are emerging.
3: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, the you know the the, the stuff is kind of plain as day. I mean, we, Rudy and Donovan, for the most part, we knew who they were. Uh, now Donovan continues to develop, and, and Rudy does too. But he, Rudy's thing this season is is more, I think, and it's a credit to him is you know, there's a sacrifice component where he's not obsessed with his own offense, and then. Donovan continuing to try to be a playmaker and be a guy who fills the box score up, you know, more than just scoring. But the Mike Conley thing, you know, it's one of those deals where like, you know, shame on us for wondering if, if Mike, you know, and relocating from Memphis to Utah was going to just kind of lose his way. It obviously took him longer than people thought, but now that he's comfortable, now that he's figured out, you know, this style that is very, very different, from the Grizzlies days when it was him and Marcus Marc um, you know that's something pretty serious to watch, and and I think you know something that's really hard for teams to deal with, and uh, you know and then the Bogdanovich, you know return is, is a big deal too. You got a guy who was giving you 20 a game that was not there in the playoffs. So those, in terms of kind of off-season quote-unquote additions that were not actually roster changes but they were developments, you know those are pretty huge. And you didn't
2: even bring up Jordan Clarkson. The way he's right, playing. Jordan then
3: I can't even that's the other thing. Gordon's like I always forget somebody. Like the other day I was reading about Royce O'Neal, I think in that same I think in the Hollinger story, but like, you know, Royce's um three actually it was a Zach Lopez. You know, Royce's three point shooting and, and like Royce being kind of the underrated, you know, one of the more valuable guys on the jazz, you know, and Jordan just being lights out. I mean, the shooting combined with what Rudy you know and this is Hollinger's point is that you know Rudy is the, the, the guy that makes you choose offensively you know because his rolling to the rim is so devastating that like you'd you certainly you have to respond to that and you know all you're doing is just paving the way for these shooters to have a, a clear look at the bucket and do what they do and so they probably won't continue shooting at this clip but when you talk about what we're seeing shooting wise from you know all the guys that we mentioned on the wings, you know, that is to me, that's the kind of thing that, that they can hold up in the postseason and take them pretty far.
1: Sam, this next stretch for the Jazz is, is really tough and it started with, with Boston the other night. They've got Milwaukee tomorrow, then Miami uh, on Saturday and then Philadelphia Monday and then two games at the Clippers. So what do you think we can learn about this Jazz team coming through this stretch?
3: Well, I mean, there's always going to, maybe not always, but there's going to be that thing with the Jazz where they just keep having to fight for, you know, the perception, even though they're getting a lot of love right now and they're being talked about as legitimate title contenders. And, you know, you know that at least the uh, the casuals, if you will, which is the new way of saying, you know, kind of the mainstream fan that doesn't really follow it closely, the the casuals are going to be very quick to kind of shrug or scoff at the Jazz, if only because it's a small market, and typically we're just not used to seeing, you know, them being in the headlines. So, if they stumble against some of these better teams, that you know, that narrative will will be there pretty quickly. Um, and, and partly, I would say it would be fair. I mean, we do every year, like the Bucks are a great example, and this is the extreme example. You know, the Bucks. Like, I don't know what to think anymore about, like, our ability to draw conclusions of any kind from the regular season because Milwaukee last two years goes out and, and dominates and just does, you know, Giannis is putting up numbers that we haven't seen since Will Chandler and, you know, great to the game type stuff. And then they just, it doesn't work in the postseason. And then you kind got of question what you saw in the regular season. So um, there's, there's a feeling on what all of it means. But, you know, the flip side of that is that they go out and, and are able to get a bunch of Ws against, you know, fellow elite teams, then that's going to speak pretty well of what they might be able to do in a few months.
2: Sam, speaking of the regular season and attitudes about it, the Lakers, they seem like they were fiddle-faddling around there for a while, but uh, suddenly they've won, what, six straight, something like that? They're a half game behind the Jazz. Do teams pay attention? Does a team like the Lakers pay attention and take pride in where they stand in the regular season, or do they not care less about that? They're scoffing at that because they're the world champions, man. They're the Lakers. They'll they can put their foot on the pedal when they really need to. What do you do? They do they pay attention?
3: You know, I I, I think they do, and specifically the Lakers. I, I think LeBron, in particular, you know, once he got his footing in LA, you know, last year was, you know, the the Lakers started pushing real hard in the regular season, and the Clippers were right there with them, even though they were the team doing all the load management. And the Lakers were driving, you know, and, and pushing and getting wins. And, you know, they've, they've done more load management this season than they did last year by far, but I do still think they care. And I think in general that LeBron is, is kind of on a warpath to – you know, I don't know if it's because of father time and that idea that, you know, he just wants to kind of rub in people's faces that he's still as good as he is or what it might be. But, I, you know, I've watched their games a lot lately and closely. Uh, they've been without Anthony Davis for quite a few games now. And honestly, they have not looked good. It's like the least impressive six-game winning streak you're ever going to find, three overtime games in a row against pretty bad teams. And so they're scraping by. Uh, the other reason I think the Lakers in particular carries. I think LeBron really wants the MVP award this year. You know, if you get to a, a fifth one, it would put him up there with Kareem um, and, and Michael, I think. There's only, you know, a couple guys that have ever had five. And, no, I'm sorry, Kareem, I think had six. But, you know, it puts him number two on that list and, and with an incredible company. So I think LeBron wants that, uh, you know, they're, to me, they're not one of those teams that are you know, not caring about the standards.
2: LeBron probably cares about what Tom Brady did. He, <laughs> knowing him and his competitive nature, maybe he wants to outdo him.
3: Well, I did. I, I mean, shoot, we can but like, he's 36 and he looks amazing. You know, and I, I said to somebody the other day, like, man, are we going to have a, a Tom Brady-type run from LeBron on the back end of his, of his career? I mean, if he... You know, they obviously could pull it off this year, you know, and, and then you're talking about a guy who's got five titles and uh, and still playing at an MVP level. He's not even just hanging on in and, that and all-star level. This guy is, I think, number one in the MVP race right now. So that stuff is wild. I mean, you know, basketball is a little different. I don't know. I mean, 42-year-old LeBron probably not going to be doing it at a Tom Brady level, but, but I think certainly in his head that's probably the goal
1: mentioned Sam Philly's going to be here uh, taking on the Jazz on Monday. What What's worked so well for them uh, so far this year? It seems like Embiid's at an extra level, and obviously the record's really good.
3: Yeah, they're, you know the shooting is a big difference. Um, you know, with, with Daryl Morey coming in in the front office, the with, with former Rockets executive, and Elton Brand still there uh, working with Daryl. They had they Seth Curry. Who is just shooting lights out? You know, shooting even better than his brother and, and basically everybody else in the NBA from long distance. Uh, last I looked, he was at like 54%. You know, which is pretty wild. Like he, he's been on track to be the first 50-50, uh, 90 guy. You know, 50% overall from three, and then throw line. He, and that's even with some bad games because Jeff had. You know, he had a bout with COVID and and was fighting it and didn't play all that well. But Danny Green. You know, not, I think he's in the mid-30s, but it's another shooter that faces the floor. And the whole idea was to try to unlock Joel Embiid and, 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 and alleviate pressure on the perimeter so that Joel can go dominate and do what he does down low. He still floats more than I, I think a lot of people think he should, but a lot less than he used to. And, you know, he's not out there trying to, to, uh, to be everything to everyone. Uh, and he's been dominant. I mean, to me... The MVP race is, is, you know, it's a LeBron, Embiid, Jokic type thing. And Joel's been phenomenal, and even Ben Simmons, you know, with his numbers being relatively pedestrian, if you it's like 13, eight and six or something like that, you know, you add the defense into that, and again, the shooting that covers up one of his weaknesses, you know, that has helped. You know, they've got this lineup with Shake Milton, I think Tobias and. Uh, you know, Joel and Ben, I forget who the pit guy is, I think probably Seth, That is with just uh, far and away their best lineup. So they have options, and, and Doc Rivers is putting those guys in a good place. And, and the thing with Joel, what I think is going to be hanging over his head all season long, is just we've seen him get hurt so many times. You know, is he going to have the stamina? Is he going to be able to, to keep pushing? Because, you know, it is what it is. That guy, even when he's in really good shape, it's a, it's a load for him to, to – Get his butt up and you know, up and down the floor. He's just a massive human being, and and you always kind of feel like he's, he's on the verge of uh, having some kind of physical problem.
2: Sam, got to ask you about your very own Sacramento Kings. I know they're not yours, but uh, they're near and uh, where you live. Uh, sure. What do you what do you make of what's going on there? I mean, they've seven of the last ten. They've won. Uh, what do you make of it?
3: Yeah, that's fun. I mean, you know, we'll see if it holds up, but they, they lose to Philly the other night, speaking of Philly, and it's like, man, they, Joel had a bad night, but I never thought I would say this. Uh, They had kind of a gimmicky uh, defensive approach with Marvin Bagley. You know, he's probably given up 70 pounds to Joel, guarding him a lot, but, you know, being willing to take a charge and, and then kind of making him pay on the perimeter with some threes and, and then Rashawn Holmes, who's a, kind of an Energizer bunny, spent some time on Indeed. And they, they're they small. Um, they're, you know, kind of versatile on the wing. Tyrese Halliburton is certainly a rookie of the year candidate and has been, just got a great feel for the game and, and put up pretty good numbers. De'Aaron Fox taking the next step. You know, if, if he continues at this rate, I mean, he, he is playing at an all star level the last two weeks. You're talking about. You know, a lot of nights that are, you know, 30-6, and and 30-7, 35-7, he's played well. And his fourth quarter scoring is is tremendous uh, where you just really see a young guy taking that next step. So I like what they're doing. You know, Harrison Barnes is is having probably the best year of his career, and it creates an interesting situation. They're going to be one of the many teams that, you know, with the March 25th trade deadline coming up, next month, you know, it's like a fork in the road, because if they keep winning, then I think they probably don't do a lot, and they try to make the playoffs. They haven't been in the playoffs since I was the B writer back in 2006, it was a long time ago. Um, but, you know, if they fall off, you know, then maybe they're more willing to, to make some moves. So, it's a good stretch. I, You know, I caution local folks a little bit, because it's like, you got to decide which version of this team you believe, because right before you know this stretch that's been really strong. Uh, I think they lost nine out of eleven. They had a really bad stretch, and people wondered if if Luke Walton was going to make it to the end of the year. And all of a sudden, it's it's going back the other way. So, but it's they've looked really good.
1: This is just out of uh, curiosity how other teams in other states are are handling the ongoing COVID situation. But do you uh, get the chance to get over and cover a game or two?
3: I don't. I mean, it's by choice. Um, it, they don't have fans uh, in Sacramento. They, you know the media. You can go and you sit up high, and you know, but the actual media stuff in terms of interviews is still over Zoom. So for me, there's just no point other than going to see you know friends and colleagues. And it's I mean we've been I mean, we talked on the show a little bit before that as far as my family and whatnot. We've been pretty cautious. Today, ironically, I actually had lunch in an outdoor place with a couple of media colleagues that have been going to the games and um, you know kind of got the rundown from them where it's, it's the local media that feels like they need either footage for the TV station or you know the local writers. We have Jason Jones who covers the Kings for the Athletic that is going to games. So you can go, but in terms of talking to players and coaches, if you go, you still wind up you know, staring at your laptop screen from on high as opposed to uh, talking to a, a human being. So, Sam, no
2: big surprise here, but when you look at the Western Conference right now, I think this is shaping up to be uh, a fun playoff situation, and I don't care where you end up in the standings. If you qualify for the playoffs, you're going to have a challenge ahead of you.
3: No, no doubt. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, you see um, some of these teams that we – to me, there's so many good teams to keep track of You kind of lose – of some of them here and there. So like Phoenix comes to mind, you know, where they were underperforming for a bit and kind of, you know, you 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 think, oh, we we must have been wrong about the Chris Paul storyline and the idea, you know, the Suns were undefeated in the bubble and barely didn't make the playoffs. And they get Chris Paul coming off this fantastic year with Oklahoma City, you know, it made perfect sense that they'd be on their way. And they weren't. They were pretty mediocre. And now you look up and and I'm cheating here, but they're 15 and nine, and in fourth place in the West. You know, the um, you know, Portland is down. Yusuf Nurkic, down. T.J. McCollum still sitting there, 13 and 10. Uh, even San Antonio, like always, doing what they do. Uh, the Warriors. I mean, I feel like the Warriors have looked pretty good, but they're barely in playoff position. So um, the West is loaded. I still think, you know, t- as far as other teams, it's like. I can see Houston, New Orleans, Dallas all getting hot. You know, those are all three teams that have underperformed. And uh, on any given night, you know, if you if you have a Houston against the, you know, it's in there in 13th place in the West against Phoenix, which is fourth, like, I mean, Houston's very capable of beating Phoenix. And it just kind of shows you the parity with a lot of these teams.
1: Sam, as always, thank you very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Of course, guys. Talk to you next week. You next week. Thanks, Sam. Our friend Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, and he jumps on with us each and every Thursday.
2: Sounds like he's going to be popular with his kids. <laughs> yeah,
1: he Finally found that, that coming PS through. for yeah. or whatever it is. I, I love it how you ask him if he's worried about getting robbed by his own cousin. <laughs> His nephew. Oh yeah, yeah nephew. I found that that's a little right. Strange as well. I, I did like, too. It's like your, your nephew. Are you related? Is he trustworthy? It's Like
2: it's nephew. <laughs> well, you heard oh, what you're... he said. He said, "Well, that's a good thought." I...
1: Well, yeah, because he probably had never thought to himself, like, "Hmm, maybe my my shady nephew is going to rob me or something." I mean, Have I you think ever he had anything where stolen lives.
2: from you by a relative?
1: By a relative? mm Hmm. Like that uh, nasty brother of yours? Oh, like clothes and stuff when we were roommates, but that's probably about it. <laughs> uh, you? Funny. You ever been robbed by a by a family member? Uh
2: I'm not sure. No? <laughs> it's <laughs> haven't, gotta be something. Haven't, on, been, something.
1: haven't been held up by your third cousin at gunpoint?
0: When you have so many
1: hundreds, it's really hard to keep track. Of right, all of you. you have no idea like, if yeah. you've been robbed or not. If You're missing a thousand. It's like yeah, oh, I, wish I, could, you tell. Know, I wouldn't even notice.
2: I've been uh, I've been robbed by my kids probably for thirty five years now.
1: Now do they do they do they tell you or or do you just happen to notice it's gone? You look into your wallet and it's just and not it's there. Just oh, west. are
2: you kidding me? My wallet used to be. I, I mean, if I left it out. <laughs> Good luck with that. I've been many a place where I went to pay for something because I knew I had money in there.
1: Knit. Well, in the that's not cool. What'd you do about that? Yeah, you can't. No, I, I wouldn't I even know. think about taking
0: from my father's wallet.
1: Yeah, right. That that sounds like uh, uh, bad news for me.
0: I'm probably going to get a belt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> something something that I'm not going to like. I'll tell you that right now. Well, I
2: figured I figured when that happened, they needed it for something important.
1: Oh, I would get no such sympathy from my you. father. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I need bell money. How about a, how about a, a little, hey,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. that's what this su- is for. I suppose. I I, I suppose. <laughs> uh, whatever. Well, Man, I, guess, I wish you were
1: my dad, Gordon. That would be awesome. Just pulling hundies out of the wallet and don't get a... <laughs> hundies, I'd have been hundies. making it rain. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: No, it wasn't like quite like that. I never carried that much money with me. But,
1: Trips uh, to the champagne room. Hey, hey, Jake, where'd you get those new golf clubs? Well, Dad, you left your wallet on the counter the other day, and I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a,
2: that's a tad bit extreme, you know. I mean, I'm talking about being nickled and dimed. I'm not talking about having a thousand bucks taken out.
0: That's like yeah. nickel and dimes for you, Gordon. What are you talking about?
2: Oh. Uh, but i i have sort of i I have been weak in this regard you know i i just haven't paid that close attention
1: (laughs) well at least you can admit it that's all right all right let's get out to the zone phone joining us now he's our friend andrew from wasatch medical clinic and uh, andrew maybe a lot of guys out there are hiding from uh, a certain issue that's a really big deal in a lot of relationships and they don't need to hide anymore
4: No, they don't. Uh, Erectile dysfunction can happen to anybody at any age. And you're right, Jake. A lot of guys suffering in silence with this. And just kind of thinking, well, you know, my younger years are over. That phase of my life is done. And that's not true. In fact, we had a 77-year-old guy in here who uh, went through the treatments, severe erectile dysfunction for 10 years. And he got back to pretty normal function, very happy his wife was very happy. So no matter where you're at, the acoustic wave therapy can work. It has a high success rate. This is FDA registered to open up blood vessels in this part of the body very gently and pretty easily and backed by a Cambridge study now. So the science is sound and we can help you get rid of the erectile dysfunction, get back to normal in the bedroom.
1: And we're just talking about a a few treatments here, right, Andrew? I mean, you know, invest a little time. and You could be back to normal in, what, a couple of weeks?
4: Yeah, a couple of weeks is the average protocol, a few short uh, 10-minute treatments. A healthy guy generally sees results starting pretty quickly with the first one, and it kind of progressively gets better. So this is, you know, not all that long a window. When you look at taking pills for the rest of your life, it's a pretty good scenario. 801-901-8000
1: is the number to call. Get on the schedule and get a bunch for free, right? We
4: really believe in delivering a lot of value. If you want to improve the intimacy, the frequency with your partner, call us here at Wasatch Medical now. The assessment with our doctor's free. Uh, He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. We'll throw in a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. That's really cool. And new patients get free testosterone so a lot of value. Give us a call now. It's no charge.
1: 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Don't forget Tim LaCombe at 5, 5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show. Presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Big thanks to Sam Amick for jumping on with us in the last segment. Always uh, fun to talk to Sam.
2: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Uh, Gordon, uh, talking a little NBA here for a second, and uh, we there a couple of interesting news and notes. Uh, did you see Damian Lillard uh, redoubled his uh well, redoubled his efforts, redoubled his uh, double down, I guess, on his opinion that he'll never join a super team. He did it yep. in an interview with a with a YouTube show, I believe, uh, but uh, said he wants to do it his own way. Good My, for him. Well, let me ask you this, though. Do you if you had to make a bet, yes or no, if Damien Lillard would would join a super team in his career, would you bet that he sticks with that or not?
2: That he joins a super team.
1: I can tell you my line of thinking if you want. Why? Why okay. I kind of ask you that? Because Portland's kind of headed nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, CJ McCollum is a is a fine player. You know, I'm a big fan of of Big Nurk, and uh, especially his backstory and his dad, mm-hmm. who who frightens me, <laughs> frankly. Um, <laughs> He'll be, wait,
2: didn't he beat up fifty people at one r- uh,
1: It was like fifteen, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but they their their books are not really clean. Um, they don't have a ton of flexibility. You know, as good as Damien is, I don't know if he can be a one-man show and get them to the title, and I just wonder as he gets older and Portland continues to go nowhere, what then?
2: Well, all I know is what Damien says, and he says he's not going to. I don't know what, what how... I mean, just because he says he won't join a super team doesn't mean that he'll never join another team. You know, I mean, if he, if he, this is crazy, but if he were ever to join the jazz, would he be joining a super team? But see,
1: it would be creating kind of a super team, right? Uh, That's true. Kind of like, I mean, I guess not entirely like Kevin Durant joining the the Warriors, but you know, already joining a, a playoff team with a lot of pieces.
2: Well, if it is true what he's saying, I like it. And we're talking about a guy who played his college hoop at Weber state and he, uh, Weber was the first school on him. And then as things progressed, other schools started coming around, but he stayed with Weber state. This is a guy who has some principle to him. I, I, I find him easy to believe. I sounds like you're a little,
1: well, I don't skeptical. know. Uh, you know, you bring up their salaries and so next year they're still pretty capped out. But the year after that, uh, Lillard and McCollum are basically the only two actually under contract. So maybe they have a little bit more flexibility going forward. But I wonder if the Blazers, where they're relieved to hear Damien have that opinion, I'm sure. I wonder if they feel some pressure that, uh, you know, how many times are they going to have an opportunity to build around this guy and uh, feel that pressure that they better get it right next time?
2: Yeah, I I, I suppose they do feel that. But Dame Dame Dalla, he, say, he says essentially, man, I don't want to feel any pressure, not from media or anyone else or whatever my – my uh, reputation or legacy is going to be. He doesn't seem to care about that. And
1: oh, I but... think he might he might care about that. Hmm. Well, he just like... he has that confidence that he can that he can get it done. Uh, you know, with his way, with his franchise or whatever. But it's not entirely up to him because Portland has to operate in a manner where they surround him with a team that is capable of achieving what he wants to achieve. And maybe right. he's he's showing faith in that franchise to do it, but you know, wishing it so and it happening are are different. And, hey, big fan of Damian Lillard here, but he's he's not good enough to go it alone. I mean, LeBron wasn't good enough to go it alone in, in Cleveland the second time when they made that last run. I mean, it was close, right. but, you know.
2: But you'll admit that there's something very admirable, something that feels right about a guy coming out and saying that. That's kind of like what Rudy said before he resigned with the Jazz. That he wanted to, he thinks it would feel better building it where he is. And, you know, jazz fans love that stuff.
1: But I just wonder if Portland put a stinky team around him, if his opinion wouldn't <laughs> change. I guess that's where I'm coming from.
2: Yeah. Well, they're in that no man's land right now. They're good, but they're kind of right. you know they're they got to figure some things out. Like they're not.
1: Yeah, they're not good enough. And if he did leave to join another team, let's say he did that as a free agent, would he pick a crappy team? I don't think so. Just to avoid it? <laughs> just to be like, I'm not joining a super team, so I'm headed for Orlando uh,
2: I don't know if that's likely. Yeah. I think it would be more likely to just stay where he is. I just
1: wonder if Portland doesn't get its act together and, and put a championship team around him, how long that opinion would last. Not that I doubt the, the sincerity of it now, but I, I don't know what the future holds for Portland right well, now. they They've got some work to do.
2: He said it before, and now he's doubling down, like you said. So I don't know why he would do that if he had some ulterior motive. Oh,
1: because perspectives change over time. You know that, Gordon. I mean, you can say, it's easy to say true, that, it's easy what, to say what that now. What was true back
2: then isn't true anymore.
1: Your, <laughs> I per, know. Your perspective changes. I mean, uh, in all honesty, when Carl went ring-chasing ch- to the Lakers, I'm sure he didn't want to leave Utah for that opportunity but it was obvious that the jazz team had reached a point where they were no longer title contenders.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the attitude of hey, if we're not good enough, then I'm going to try and make us better. And yeah, obviously it's up to the team. It's not un- all under his control, like you were saying, but I like the fact that he wants to do it where he is, as opposed to what we see out of some of these guys who are, I don't know if you could say, would you say that they're looking for the, to do it the easy way?
1: Yeah, you certainly can't say that. I don't think that they would say it that way. But do I think that Kevin Durant going to uh, the Warriors to win a title was easier than him doing it in Oklahoma City or right?
2: <laughs> I think you're correct. I, uh, But I, I believe Damian Lillard. I think he means what he says.
1: Oh, I think he means it. That's that's not what I was getting at. I just wonder if his opinion on that will evolve depending on what the Blazers do.
2: Well, I mean, as you said, uh, things do change sometimes. But uh, I, 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 if I had to bet right now, will he stay in Portland over the entirety of his career? I, I would, I would say he will.
1: Okay. So with that opinion, if you had to bet on if he will win a title while in Portland.
2: I would say no, yeah. But I mean, so that's a lot the of people. A lot of people might have said that with the Jazz before this season.
1: Well, and and they haven't necessarily won a title yet. I mean, that's that's a tall task. In all fairness, to Damian well, Lillard it, but, in this no, conversation,
2: but, right, right. But it's heading in that direction, and you know, if the right decisions are made, maybe maybe things can look uh, look up in Portland.
1: Well, the, the Jazz could face something similar to Donovan Mitchell when they have to turn over this roster uh, around Rudy and Donovan going forward, and not that that's in the the real near future, but they'll have to make a decision on Mike Conley next year, and you know there are other pieces that are going to be interchangeable around those two guys, and what the Jazz do as they try to keep the roster competitive around Donovan and Rudy will will mean a lot. I'm I'm assuming to their long term future here with this club. Yeah, better believe it, right?
2: Yeah. And I'm
1: sure, you know, they're saying all the right things now, but if the Jazz don't make the correct decisions going forward in subsequent years, when other opportunities pop up elsewhere, you know, they may get more consideration regardless of what they're saying right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree on all counts.
1: So that's why front office guys like our guy Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay, that's why they're in the pressure cooker 24 7. Like things are going well now, but your job is to sustain that and look at the long term and make sure that uh, you know what pieces need to be fit where when it's a big job uh,
2: then there's a couple of aspects to that one is yeah you want to make your team better but there's all kinds of variables around your team as it pertains to other teams and what direction they're going in and you could make a couple of nice moves and still end up treading water because other people are making nicer moves
1: yep one hundred percent. All right. We've got the not sports port coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Um, we want to remind you about our good friends at uh, Jimmy's Flowers and Gordon. How how uh, how the flowers go over in the Monson house yesterday? Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Just gorgeous. They, they do fine work. You, you know what? After the show, Gordo, uh, I don't know if if uh, you've gotten the tour of their refrigeration. And uh, we got to go to the basement where all the, the arrangements are put together. I'd never done that in all the years that we had gone to Jimmy's. And I'll tell you what, they've got some great folks up there.
2: They do, and it's a quality product, man. I wouldn't say that if it weren't true. I'm not in the business of promoting stuff that is uh, bogus. Those guys, they, Mike and the crew, they really know what they're doing. And they you t- heard them talk yesterday about quality product and how th- their suppliers know that that's what they want and that's the only thing they want. And then when you see the artistic ability of those who put it all together, it, it, it's impressive. It really is.
1: So find out what they can do for you. Uh, jimmy'sflowers.com. That's Jimmy'sflowers.com. They also have locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Valentine's Day is Sunday. Jump on it. And uh, Jimmy's is closed on Sunday. So you need to think in advance, people. Get those orders in now at Jimmy'sflowers.com. Not sports, sport, next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Check this out. And now you're not sports report on 975-1280 the zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for the Nod Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today?
2: Well, we're going to to New York, essentially, but it's a Hollywood story, okay? So, when I say the name Kevin Hart, what comes to mind? Uh, Short. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that.
1: He's a very short man.
2: Well, but he's also a very successful uh, entertainer. He is, whether you think he's funny or not. Do you think he's funny?
1: Never seen his stand-up, uh, and never gotten really into his movies. He made some funny cameos in Modern Family. I guess I don't know enough about him to say one way or another. But he seems funny.
2: Well, we talked earlier about uh, you know uh, certain people in our family who might at times take a little cash here and there to for their own purposes. Well, Kevin Hart, he had a New York City celebrity personal shopper, however you get that title, I don't know. But his celebrity personal shopper, over a a little over a one-year period, swindled him out of more than $1 million in credit card purchases. A fellow by the name of... Dylan Jason Sire, I guess is how you say it. Twenty nine years old used the comedian's credit card to buy a whole bunch of stuff for himself, and he got busted for it. And it didn't help that he posted a lot of this stuff on Instagram. It said from the uh, attorney, from the district attorney, said uh, quote, "With Mister Hart's stolen money in the defendant's bank account." and at his disposal, the defendant then purchased thousands of dollars of fine art and other collectibles, and at least five, how do you say this, Patek Philippe watches valued at more than $400,000. Among these art and collectible purchases was a Sam, is it Friedman painting? At least 16 bare brick collectible dolls, five uh KAWS collectible dolls and two Louis Vuitton bags over a million dollars, Jake. Just fire celebrity personal shopper?
1: Okay, so the the shopper I agree is is a thief and and should be prosecuted, but but Kevin Hart doesn't notice that a million dollars disappears? <laughs> Well, I guess, really? I guess and it doesn't pay enough attention to be like, oh, hey, Bob, you you showed up in your uh, your Bentley this morning, huh? <laughs> like that that doesn't I mean, again, I don't know Kevin Hart and and he's probably got a money manager who was uh, bilking him, too, or something. But I, I don't understand how you don't see a million dollars disappear. I don't get that.
2: Well, you know, and the D.A. in this case was kind of giving the department all kinds of credit for this. But. The stuff was posted online.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How do you, so, how do mean, you not you, notice.
2: All of a sudden, your personal shopper shows up with a Monet.
1: Yeah, how do you not notice that? <laughs> and don't you don't you get a credit card statement every month? You wouldn't you wouldn't be like, wait a minute, there's a million dollars charged to this card. That doesn't happen.
2: You would think so, but I don't know what Kevin Hart is worth. Maybe you know, probably multiple hundred million or whatever. So I don't know what that what the equation the ratio for you would be if if Kevin Hart loses a million dollars, what would that be to what you would lose?
1: Well, you know what? Let's do a little experiment here. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now our good friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, before we we delve into uh, the great stuff that you guys are doing there, how much money would somebody have to ch- charge to your credit card fraudulently before you noticed? <laughs>
4: You know, I hooked up text messages to my card, so you know you go to the gas station and buy a candy bar, and I know about it.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: So, so if someone took a million dollars out of your account, you probably would.
4: Uh, some bells would go off. Yeah, I'd be in the. I'd be in the overdraft nine hundred and ninety thousand.
1: <laughs> 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 All right, Andrew. Let's talk about Wasatch Medical Clinic and and how you've helped so many of our listeners.
4: Well, we are using a really cool technology at Wasatch Medical for men struggling with ED. We actually use the two most advanced versions. We've helped so many guys overcome erectile dysfunction by opening up the blood vessels, improving circulation. Uh, One of the causes of ED is damaged and hardened blood vessels. It can't dilate like it used to. That's what our treatments go in. It corrects that so that when the timing is right in the bedroom— the blood flows properly, and the big attraction here is men no longer have to take the pill.
1: And that's got to be, I mean, like so much goes into those, the taking of the pill from you've got to time it right, then you've got to deal with the headaches the next day. I mean, it's just, there's so much drawback as compared to the spontaneity you can get, right?
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. And the pill doesn't work for a lot of guys. And then they have to take more and more of it. Your body builds up a tolerance, and this doesn't help a man's ego or sense of self-worth. This is kind of all a negative. We take all of that out of the equation so that when the timing is uh, is right, you get spontaneity like you used to.
1: 801-901-8000 is the number to call if you want that spontaneity back. Come find out if Wasatch Medical is a good fit and get some other stuff too, right? Yeah, call us
4: now. If you want to put a stop to the erectile dysfunction, the exam will be free. The assessment with the doctor will uh, do a blood flow ultrasound even, a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. You're going to love that, by the way. And new patients even get free testosterone. So a ton of value, no charge.
1: 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have uh, Tim McComb joining us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.